Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Have you ever gotten up in the morning and kind of walked around bleary-eyed, unable to see or think clearly until you drink your first cup of coffee? Well, join us today as Pastor Rander challenges us with some spiritual caffeine as he continues the message. He'll be teaching from a number of scriptures, so get pen and paper ready as we begin. What spiritual blessings do believers receive from prayer? Well, first, prayer enables us to overcome Satan. Without prayer... You're going to lose the battle in spiritual warfare. How are you going to have victory? We're talking about living the victorious life in troubling times. If you're not praying, Satan is going to take advantage over you. He's going to seduce you. He's going to deceive you. Another spiritual blessing, prayer gives us wisdom from God. I cry to God for wisdom. All these folk in here that I'm preaching to, by social media, on radio, on television, on this, on that. Listen, I have to be talking to God and I have to depend on him and I need wisdom from God. I I need wisdom to deal with critics. I need wisdom to deal with negative folk. I I, I need wisdom to deal with crowds. I I need wisdom to know what not to say, what to say. I need wisdom to to know when to shut my mouth, when to speak up. it, It takes wisdom to deal with people. Shepherding the people of God is a tremendous spiritual task that I do not take lightly. And I cry out to God for wisdom because your lives are hanging in the balance. And we need a word from God. What, what, what's another spiritual blessing? Prayer helps us to know God's will for our life. I don't know God's will. I don't know God's will. What well, have you asked him? God will tell you his will. God didn't want to keep you, keep you from knowing the will of God from your life, for your life. Ask. He'll tell you what you want. The word of God will reveal his will. The word of God will reveal his will for your life. Sometimes God navigates us through circumstances. Sometimes God will have a person in your life And they will speak from God. And when they speak, it just resonates in your your spirit. And they'll say something that you needed at that specific time. And you know that was from God. God has a multiplicity of ways of uh, delineating the will of God for your life. But the primary way you can know God's will is through his word, through his spirit, and through prayer. And the closer you walk with God. And I tell people, I don't know what to do. I don't know. Well, just get going with your life. Don't stay in the bed and be lazy and say, God, reveal the will. God's not going to tell you. First of all, you need to get up, get up on time, and get going in your life for Jesus. You can't be lazy knowing the will of God and apathetic, and God's just going to drop all his will in your life. (laughs) He's not going to do that. Uh, Another spiritual blessing when it comes to knowing the will of God, prayer 
keeps us from falling into sin. So many people are falling into sin. Children are sinning. You say, well, uh, my child don't have a cell phone. They don't have to have a cell phone. The, the, the person they're going to school with, they have them. And, they, and they, little Johnny say, uh, Joe, look at this. Joe, oh. You, child don't have to, you have to pray that God keep your child. Because you, your child don't have a cell phone and still experience sin on that cell phone from the other child. Let me tell you something. If the Lord don't keep us, we won't be kept. It's easy to fall into sin. The Bible says, take heed, lest ye fall. You're not so strong that you're invincible and that you cannot fall. I pray that God keep me every day because if I fail, it'll be devastating to this church. And yet I know I'm not perfect. But yet I know I am a public example. And y'all supposed to, I'm supposed to be able to say like Paul said in uh, 1 Corinthians 11, 1, follow me as I follow Christ. But I can't, I can't tell you to follow me if I'm all hooked on porn and I'm running other women and I'm divorcing and remarrying and I'm crazy in the head and I'm stupid and I'm wearing polka dot suits and I'm slipping inside. I'm in skinny jeans, got holes and, and, I, and you know, no, no. You got gay leadership, gay pastors, gay churches, gay, 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 gay. The Pope is even promoting gayship. Don't look at me like that. Y'all know it's out there. Stop looking at me. Don't don't gasp. We ought to talk about it in here. They're supposed to I'm talking about all this transgender stuff and all that stuff. You better educate your children at home. They, they're saying things to your kids without your permission. You better be all in their business, the teacher's business. Go to the school board, be in their business. You be at every meeting because that's my child. That is not the government's child. That child is a gift from God to you. That's your baby. And they're not going to tell me how to raise my kids. They don't feed them. They, they don't clothe them. That's my child. That's my child. Don't tell me how to raise my child. Good God Almighty. Prayer keeps us from falling into sin. This is the best of my prayer. Prayer humbles us and changes our lives for the better. Prayer humbles us and changes our lives for the better. The more you pray, the more humble you become. I can look at a person and see how, see how prideful they are about what they say. They love their title. They introduce themselves by the title. They're title conscious. They're power conscious. Everything is power moves. Church politicians. Prayer humbles us and changes our lives for the better. Are you changing for the better because you're a praying boy, woman, child, little girl, senior? Prayer will humble you and it changes you for the better to the point they say, you know, what's wrong with her? She's not talking like she used to talk. Every time I, I talked to her, she was bad news coming. But now she's edifying. She's redemptive in her conversation. She has kingdom conversation. He has kingdom conversations. She's different now because she's praying. 
I tell you something, uh, here's one, here's another spiritual blessing. Are y'all hanging on? Th- this is New Year. We need everything. I, yeah, you know, I'm going to tell you something. You're not an accident that you're here. God ordered your presence here before the foundation of the world was even laid. You're no accident. God brought you here. Prayer elevates your thinking. Oh, man. The Bible says, think on things above. Above. Uh, you, you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, the object of our faith. He elevates. Some of your thinking is too low. We need, we need transformational thinking. We need spiritual thinking. We need to elevate our thinking out of the gutter, out of mess, out of gossip, you know, out of slander, out of talking about, well, he had that shirt on or that suit on yesterday. If it's clean, what is that to you? If it's not musty, leave him alone. Gutter, that's gutter. Just gutter, gutter, gutter. That's why folks don't change. They just leave with mess. Tap every meeting. Think low, just low in your thinking. She sang that song. He was off key. He didn't come in on time. The words wasn't up there. Everything that's not right, they saw. Nobody said anything about those folks that came to Christ. Prayer has a way of elevating your thinking before the Lord. Lord, transform my mind. So even when I want to say it, you just shut me up and shut me down. Bring me into a holy hush. You ought to write that down. Bring me into a holy hush. Help me not to talk too much. Help me to think before I speak. Help me to elevate, elevate my thinking so that I have the mind of Christ. When your thinking is elevated, it, it guards against depression and suicidal tendencies. The weight of your mind is lightened when when your mind is elevated. Elevated. Next one, I'll tell you. Prayer not only elevates your thinking, prayer helps us not to retreat. And prayer helps us not to retreat and remain faithful during difficult times. Prayer helps us not to retreat, but rather it helps us to remain faithful during difficult times. You know when you're in the midst of difficult times, some folk quit, some folk go in their little cocoon, some folk go in their hiding, but when you're praying, you won't move backwards, you'll move forward, you'll not retreat, you'll press on, You'll persevere, you will endure, you will remain faithful during difficult times. It got real hard for Jesus, but he kept pressing toward Calvary. What if Jesus did not go to Calvary? We would not have salvation today. Just because it got hard in Gethsemane, he could have said, I give up. But he did not give up because he had you and me on his Mind. Next, listen, if prayer moves and changes the heart of people like nothing else, 
Prayer moves and changes the hearts of people like nothing else. Luke one thirty seven says, for nothing will be impossible with God. Beloved, absolutely nothing is too hard for God. Not, not your circumstances. Difficult people in your life is not too hard for God. Uh, your being in a difficult place right now is not too hard for God. Your health challenges is not too hard for God. Your financial difficulties are not too hard for God. Your spouse is not too difficult for God if they are difficult and rebellious. And your rebellious children, they are not too difficult for God. Keep on praying. Tell your children that's breaking your heart, you know what? I've said all I can say now. I'm going to turn you over to Jesus. I'm going to turn you over. Are you out of my house? I can't spank you anymore. You know better. You would talk better. We brought you up in the church. We read the Bible to you and on and on it goes. But you're willfully defiant. And I can't get in your heart and change you. Only God can change you. Let me lay hands on you and pray. I've done my talking. I'm going to turn you over to Jesus. I'm going to turn you over to Jesus. Turn them over. Turn them over. And and, and listen, stop trying to bail them out when God is chastening them. Spend your last dime trying to pay attorney fees. All that. Sometimes they need to go to jail. Gee, a saint who spends more time on his knees in prayer, a saint who spends more time on his knees in prayer never retreats during challenging times. A saint who spends more time on his knees, on his or her knees in prayer, never retreats during challenging times. Luke twenty two forty two says, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. It was hard. Every demon around came and converged at Gethsemane to the point that he was sweating great, great drops of blood. And he says, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. It's hard. Father, you, 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 you've withdrawn yourself from me so that I could die. There are times when the will of God will be quite difficult. The will of God is not always easy. However, like Jesus, we need to pray, not my will, but yours be done, which encourages us not to retreat and press on. So, some saints are fair weather saints. They can only be around when things are going well, but when difficult times come in the church or on the job or in their health or with their children and on and on it goes, they run away. Says, where is God? He's still on the throne. He's waiting on you to talk to him. So be mindful of that. Number three, do not expect to live in victory. Do not expect to live in victory without adversities. I'm almost done. Do not expect to live in victory without what? Adversities. The Gospel of John, chapter 16, verse 33 says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. 
I have overcome the world. How should believers respond to the adversities of life? We all want to, we've had trials. Some of you are in adversities and some, some, of us, some of us are about to go into it and don't even know it. How should believers respond to the adversities of life? Well, first thing I'd like to say is we must expect adversities. It's a way of life. Jesus had them. Jesus had them and so will we. Expect adversities. Secondly, allow God to use adversities that intrude into your life to strengthen your faith. Adversities and trials and hardships come to strengthen you and to mature you in your faith. I like that song by Andre Crouch. I thank God for my mountains. I thank God for my valleys. I thank God for the storms he brought me through. If I never had a problem, I would not know that God could solve them. (laughs) I wouldn't know what faith in my God could do. Through it all, I learned to trust in Jesus. I learned to trust in God. I learned to depend upon his words. Now that's a Bible teaching. So some of these songs, these authors are writing not worth the salt. They make me sick. No God in it. Don't make theological sense. No Christ, no cross, no blood, no redemption. And folks singing it and falling all out. What you falling out on? It's it's theologically incorrect. I tell these musicians and directors, know your theology. Know your theology. So we must expect adversities. Jesus had them and so will we. Secondly, allow God to use adversities that intrude into our life to strengthen our faith. I said that one. Then next, adversities uh, strengthen our prayer life. It's the more adversity you go through, the more you pray. Adversity even reminds you to pray. Often we do not get serious about God until something intrudes into our lives that we have absolutely no control over. Next, remembering past deliverances will help us in times of adversities. Today, if you're going through a crisis today by radio, television, social media, YouTube, wherever you're listening, remember past deliverances will help us in times of adversities right now, today. Beloved, claiming the promises of God in the scriptures helps us to live in victory. Claiming the promises of God in scripture helps us to live in victory. Have you claimed and memorized at least three promises in the scripture to live by? Here are some scriptures we can focus our attention on to enable us to live confidently in a troubled world. Let me give you a few of these and then we'll be done. Let me give you some scriptural promises. You may not be able to grasp all of these, but if you just hung on to three of them, it would be transformative and it would be so helpful in times of frustration and calamity and trouble. Exodus chapter 14, verse 14 says, the Lord will fight for you and you will hold your peace. The reason the Lord can't fight for some of you all is you can't hold your peace. Uh, Deuteronomy 31.8 says, the Lord himself goes before you 
and will be with you. How, how assuring, how comforting. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. John 16, 33 says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Matthew eleven twenty eight twenty nine 29 says, come unto me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble and hard, and you will find rest for your souls. Isaiah 26, 3 says, you keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts. In you, Isaiah 40, 31 says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Isaiah 41, 10 says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Isaiah 41, 13 says, For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear. I will help you. I want you, I want you to say your name at the end. I will help. Say your name. Render. I'm going to say it again two more times so you can get it. I, I, I want you to get it to get in your soul. I will help Rander. That's, that's personalizing the scripture. Personalize the scripture. Personalize it. I Rander. The Lord will help you. Isaiah 43, 2 says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flames scorch you. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Beloved, the promises of God in the Bible read better when you're going through the furnace of affliction. Did you get that? That's a big one. Don't let it get you by. Listen, I'm going to say it again. The promises in the Bible read better when you're going through the furnace of affliction. It's more soothing, even more. When you trust and have confidence in the promises of God without doubting or wavering, it will usher in renewed hope Rest and peace in troubling times. Is Christ your peace? If not, the scripture says in Acts 16, 31, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. This is the way you receive God's peace. And all God's children said. And Father, we thank you for this message. Oh, God, we thank you for encouragement, the encouragement from your word. Thank you that you are showing us from the holy pages of scripture how to live the victorious life in troubling times. Father, if we just took five or six points from this message, we'd be the better as children, preteens, 
teenagers, young adults, middle-aged adults, seniors. God, somebody got encouraged today. Someone has received what they have come for because they're going through the furnace of affliction. They're going through the furnace of affliction. I pray, Father, that you would soothe their hearts, calm their fears, and let them know that you are near and you are there. Bring people to Jesus today and let them know that if they would believe on you, they will receive your peace. In Jesus' name. And all God's children said, only way you can have peace. Your peace doesn't come from money. It, the peace, your peace doesn't come from annuities. You, your, your peace doesn't come from relationships. Your peace doesn't come because of who you think you are. As a matter of fact, you ain't all that. And me neither. We're all here by the grace of God. To the glory of God. I want to let you know that Jesus is enough for you. This is still early in the year and God is saying, come home, my child, come home. Some of you have been looking for peace in the wrong places and you've ended up with blasted hopes and shattered dreams. I want you to ask you a question. What is it going to take to get you to Jesus? You're in this year. God has blessed you in spite of yourself and in spite of what you've done. God is able to clean up your mess. The blood of Jesus is sufficient. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Tells us that in order to live according to God's plan for our lives, we must be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Know that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. It also tells us that we must forget our past and look toward those things that are ahead. In addition to the gift of a brand new year, God has given us the gifts of keeping the past where it belongs and looking to the present and the future, doing new things in him that shall spring forth. Isn't that good news? If you enjoyed this message and would like to hear more teachings by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located in Converse, Texas.